This week on One Body Stewarding God's Creation, Bill Mayer talks about saints for our young people. How do the saints rally for our youth? What are some good saints teens can model after? Well, let's find out. Bill is being interviewed by Divine Mercy Radio's on-air host, Kelly Roper. Okay, so by way of introduction, Bill is a man of multiple roles. First, he is a husband, married to Mandy for 13 years, and the father of three children, Thomas, Andrew, and Emma. Bill has taught religion in some aspects since the age of 16. Bill, along with his wife Mandy, are the directors of religious education at St. Nicholas of Myra Parish in Hayes. He's also the campus minister and head basketball coach at Thomas More Prep, Marion High School, and lastly, Bill is the director of youth ministry and religious education for the Diocese of Salina. Uh, when do you sleep? Question this is there. a great question. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. So so we're going to just kind of uh, dive right into this. We're so grateful that, that you're here. Why do you think it's so important? You know, you spend so much time, you know, giving religious education, doing all of these things and, and being a good role model yourself. So why do you think it's so important for young people to find role models? I, I, I think that, uh, you know, in my, in my experience in, in the different areas, um, People who don't have role models struggle heavily as, as they're going through life and stuff. And so certainly with the young people, and, and they live in a culture and a time where they're trying to tell you that nobody has any advice or anything of value to listen to. So please, you know, don't look to anybody else. Just figure it all out on yourself. Um, and yet the successful people always figure out that uh, they can't do it themselves and they look for role models. And so um, I, I just think that, uh, you know, we, we naturally see it. If you're in a business uh, person, you're going to find a mentor that's going to help you continue to grow in that world. Um, if you're in sports or athletics, uh, we'll talk about that here in a little bit, but you need a role model in those areas. Um, but I think our faith is is. In- you know, one of those things that has been passed down to us, and that's for a purpose. Um, and I, I really worry about young people who don't have role models. And, and you know, the, the first and best role models are always in their home with their mother and their father. But uh, unfortunately, not everybody has family situations like that. And so um, at times they need to go outside and find uh, role models. But uh, just an incredibly important thing for people. And I think if you look at, you know, our young people who are struggling versus our young people that are doing okay, one of the common themes is do they have a role model, someone that can help them um, and guide them. Sure, sure. Is that part of what you do? Is that part of what you do as a coach, as a religious education, is to try and, you know, I know you try and role model yourself, and maybe you want to talk a little bit about that, but do you also try and match others up and make sure I, they have a role model? I do. That That's a significant part of what I do is is connecting them up with others. And, and I think that, uh, you know, ultimately that's our job as, as missionaries anyway, is to connect people up with Christ and, and get out of the way once they have that relationship and let Christ do the work and the Holy Spirit work through them and and same way for for the saints and stuff and so you know for basketball program stuff we always have a saint of the day and again just trying to introduce them to some people and then let them go follow and read and and uh, pray through you know those sort of things but uh, but also just in regular life too a lot of times you know, a student or someone will come to me and say, I've got this going on. And I'll say, I know just the person to talk to. They've been through this. They've experienced this or they've got some sort of knowledge or wisdom associated with this. Let me connect you two up. Um, and so I feel like that's a lot of what I do in a day is connecting people up that can help each other. And uh, and, and I love doing that because it, it helps both because as a mentor, 
you also grow um, yeah. and and also you see the value of, of those things. And so I, I just think it's beautiful when you're able to connect up to people that can help each other. Um, and, you know, two by two, we're much stronger than one by one. And so mm-hmm. um, just a, an awesome opportunity. So confirmation is a natural time for a young person to start looking at saints. What do you encourage young people to look for when they are selecting a confirmation saint? I think that's it's it's beauty and the wisdom of the church uh, for our young people that uh, when we get to confirmation and for in our diocese, um, I think the youngest that would be is seventh grade and the oldest would be, you know, I guess you could be even into your adulthood if you, if you wanted to be. Um, but generally it falls between eighth and, and sophomore year. And one of the parts of that process is that you pick a saint and a and you're confirmed in that saint name. And it Maybe the first time that a lot of kids have actually looked at the saints. And so I think there's beauty in that. Um, but I also encourage them, you know, and especially with our technology and what we have now, it, you know, it was a lot harder when I was younger to find a saint that has a similar interest. Um, but I really try to get them to find what they're passionate about, what their interests are, and then go find a patron saint of that. And that at least starts them down a road. I know when I uh, was going through confirmation, I, I didn't do a very good job of that. I, I picked Francis, which turns out to be an awesome saint. But it was really because it was my grandpa's middle name, and and not that there's anything wrong with that, but I, it wasn't necessarily something where I looked at and said, you know, this is my situation in life, and I'm looking for a role model or someone that has a similar situation. Um, now. God in his infinite wisdom gave me a saint that still today, you know, I say a prayer every day uh, from St. Francis about humility, and he knows that I, I need to continue to work on that. And so um, there was wisdom in that. But I really encourage them to dig in there. And you'd be amazed at how the eyes light up, the face lights up as they start looking through saints. And they start realizing, hey, there are people that have been in the exact same situations dealing with the same stuff um, that have come out on the end being good people and, and now spend eternity with God. And so, um, but also I, th- I believe a friendship is developed in there because of common mm-hmm. interest and, and uh, we want that to be something. And so, you know, typically right now, a lot of our young men are picking St. Sebastian because he's a patron of athletes. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, we hear a lot of with the patron of music and the patron of art. And, and, and it's really, you know, a beautiful thing to see these young people actually researching a saint and becoming, you know, having a relationship with that saint. And, you know, gosh, I can't think of, um, it's such a powerful thing when we realize that there are others who have fought the good fight and yet and they made it into heaven right and and then we can model and and try to attain that and and to have that as the role model and the example is such a, a important thing and I'm so glad that you're promoting that among the, yeah. the students it, it is a beautiful thing too and, and again I'm a sports guy so I always end up in that in that realm but uh, I actually just flew back from Washington um, yesterday and I was up uh, doing some stuff up there, but I stopped by the National Shrine and I walk in and it was the craziest thing because I was essentially at a moment the only person in there, which is mm. crazy. But at the same time, I understood that, you know, that place is has all the saints when we're celebrating mass with us and and i you know you start looking around at all the great images of the saints and and the canonized saints of of america is painted up there in a really beautiful portrait and uh and for our young people i always ask them is it easier to play on the road or at home and it's obviously easiest to play at home because you've got fans and supporters and i think if we could really spiritually look into um, our world and see all those that came before us that are spending eternity with god in heaven that are Mm -hmm. Praying for us and rooting for us to be successful in this life, I think it can help us from, you know, I think Satan beats us down with negativity, like it's impossible, you can't make it. And then you can look up in the bleachers and say, no, no, look at all these people that are 
praying for me, yeah. that are rooting me on to be successful in my faith, that want me to someday join them um, in the eternal worship of God. And I think it helps our young people to get away from the negativity. And it helps me too. Uh, there's a lot of times where it feels like we're on the road and I need to step back and look and say, no, no, no. There are a lot of people out there rooting for us and, and praying for us. Yeah. Excellent. Love that. Love that analogy, too. All right. So in sports, we recognize that we need a coach and that role models help us. Why in our young people's spiritual life do they hesitate sometimes to look for help? And, and you know, one of the things I think about is is definitely there's some natural places where we understand that a, a coach in athletics can get us somewhere where we can't get ourselves. We know that running as hard as we can will never be the same as if someone is causing us to do those things. And that... You know, we need some guidance and some direction just because we're not very self-aware sometimes and we need that. Unfortunately, it seems like in other aspects of our life, we really struggle with that. You know, uh, there are people who know how to help you in the gym. Like if you want to lose weight or, or get stronger, get healthier, you can go in there as much as you want to and waste a lot of energy and not change anything. Or you can go find people who know what they're doing and get help and change things very quickly. We struggle with that, though. There's so many people that I see at a gym wandering around doing their own thing and, and continue to stay the same. I think our spiritual life is the same way, too. But I think there's a twofold thing. I think pride has a factor. And so nobody wants to admit that I'm struggling or I need help or I'm not where I want to be. And I think that is kind of a tough conversation sometimes to say, you know, I can't get there myself. But I also think sometimes, you know, it's just uh, you going to have to open yourself up to somebody. And I think there's a hesitation to allowing yourself to be honest and to open yourself up to another person. And and I think that there's wounds that, that cause that. You know, I think sometimes we've opened ourselves up and we've been hurt at times. But I, but I think that we have a whole lot of people out there, and myself included at times, trying to figure it out themselves when there's people there to help them. And so that's where I think it helps us in sports to say, look, this team could never get there without this, or this group couldn't get there, you couldn't run this time. Let's take that into our spiritual lives and say, obviously, me doing it myself is only going to get to a certain point. You know, there's cheat codes. I, I'm not a gamer, but all, all our guys are gamers, and so they got those cheat codes. Well, there's cheat codes out there. They're called the saints, and they're called role models and, mm. and people that can help us. And so mm. I think pride is probably the number one hesitation, but, uh, uh, but it's time for us to let that down and, and to go ask for help. And, you know, pride... I think almost every sin is rooted in pride some way way or another, right? It's a it's a strong thing oh, to overcome. Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. And, and it's such a, uh, you know, and the Satan is so good at this pull, push, all those sort of things that there's even sometimes pride in not having pride. And, and yeah. uh, um, you can take those to a, an extreme as well. And so it's really something we're going to fight all our life yeah. um, and, and struggle with. But uh, but that's okay. We've got the Holy Spirit to help us, so we'll be okay. Yeah, yeah. Excellent, excellent, excellent. All right, so what is it, why is it important for our young people to look at the saints and find one that they can particularly relate to? You don't just out, go out and pick anybody, right? Find one that you relate to. Why is that important? Yeah, and, and, and it may change over time as well, but I, I, I just think that, uh, again, someone who is in similar shoes as you, so, you know, in my time, uh, there's been a lot of different things that I've done. I started out in the golf course business, and so a patron of that was uh, St. Isidore, who's a patron of farming and growing. And, and, you know, one of the things I recognize very quickly is that we don't control the weather, and we can't control those sort of things. And so having someone who understands that, um, that uh, you can see how they model their life and how they did things helps a lot. And as I've continued down, you know, St. Sebastian's been important to me. Um, and today, as I work with young people, there are so many, you know, John Paul II will be one. Um, there are so many great saints that have 
you know, been successful working with young people and, and can intercede for our, our work and those sort of things. But I, I just think the other thing, too, is is if you match two people up and they don't have similar interests, the relationship that can grow is, is tough sometimes because they don't have common ground or things to discuss. But if you find a saint that has a similar situation as you, I think you naturally get bonded together quicker. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, and I like when a young person, I ask him, do you got a saint that you ask for intercessions or you look to for a role model? And right away, my guy is this guy, you know, mm-hmm. and I think that kid's going to be okay because they've got somebody and they've got uh, a, a friend that is praying for them. And so I just think it's important for, you know, there's so many saints and, and to be able to find one that you uh, relate to is, is important. All right. So what saints are we talking about today? Oh, my gosh, we could we could go into so many. And I know you've mentioned some before. So which ones are are you finding young people go to and and maybe talk to some of the the moms, the grandma, grandmothers, anybody out there? Yeah. First, uh, before we jump into that, I just wanted to throw in there. We just had our uh, CYO convention in Salina um, and we had, you know, 160 young people from around the diocese show up. And, and one of the things is uh, they're listening to KVDM at times because uh, you'll ask them questions about it or they say, I heard it here or those sort of things. So sometimes I think we typecast that into uh, just adults are listening, but the young people are actually tuning in and listening. And I can't tell you how many people now that uh, I drive between here and Salina often. Um, having the station in Salina has changed things because they haven't had that exposure. And I'm I'm from Hayes, and so I've had this for a long time. It's been a yeah. beautiful gift for our community. Um, but they're now just recognizing it in other places. And I'm hearing people come in and say, oh, I heard this on this or I heard that on that. And I can't tell you how many times I've needed to hear an exact message as I was driving from a very short distance. And I can't even tell you how many times I hear from other people that exact same thing. And so, um, you know, Catholic radio is is incredible and we are what we consume. And so if that's what your dial set on mm. and you're consuming those things, then the fruit of that in your life is going to be awesome. And, and so uh, I just want to throw that in there just as, yeah, you know, you. seeing how that it's new in Salina area and just seeing the response and, and those things. So, yeah, you know, you are so right. And I don't really think about the young people as much as I, I should. And, and so I think that's a really good distinction. I know one of my son's friends drives and, and delivers vending stuff. He's just like 19 years old, but that's what he does is is drive and, and deliver vending stuff. And so he listens to Catholic radio every day. I never would have thought it. I truly wouldn't have ever thought about him. Um, but it turned out last last night, actually, Dr. Ray Garendi was in Kansas City doing a uh, taping for a TV show, not a radio, but a TV show. And uh, the boy signed up, my son and him, to go to the show. And oh, I was like, awesome. really? Are you going to Dr. Ray Garendi? The young people are tuning in. It's amazing how many times. I get a comment on the Catholic radio, but then also, you know, cool things were like Catholic answers. And mm-hmm. someone will ask them a question somewhere. They'll Google up. They've got the three minute real quick answer yeah. um, that because of the way media is, it sticks with our kids and they'll remember that answer for a long time. And so yeah. um, it's just awesome that that stuff is available. And it gives me hope in a world where it seems like there's so much darkness. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time. You know, and, and John Paul II is the first one on my list, and I think he yeah. started a lot of that stuff. Yeah. We have not had opportunities to evangelize yeah. as we do now, yeah. and, and it's just a beautiful thing. And so, yeah, oh, agreed. I couldn't agree more. You know, it was it was amazing. The first one I have on here is actually John Paul II because I think he speaks to our young people, but he also speaks to the people who are working with our young people, yeah. and a lot of people in in the kind of that age range 
uh, can can say that a lot of their faith formation came from the witness and the example of John Paul II. And you know, uh, again, this last week when I was in Washington, I got a chance to stop by the John Paul II um, Center there, and it is so amazing to go through. In the it's in the basement. It's a incredibly well done uh, little museum and stuff, and to just see what he did and how much of that we still need. And and one of the things I noticed is. Uh, again, the bringing of people together that were divided. And, and, you know, Satan's out there trying to divide us all. That's Mm -hmm. his mission. You know, John Paul II brought us together. And if you ask our young people, uh, division is a big problem in their world, Mm -hmm. Um, whether it's, you know, factions in school or bullying or Mm -hmm. splits on teams or families, unfortunately for them. And so that's why I put John Paul II on the list to start with is just, you know, a, a young person they can turn to and ask for intercession and look for role modeling on one, how are we supposed to see other people in this world? And, you know, John Paul II with his theology of the body and his, his emphasis on viewing everybody else through the lens of Christ and seeing the, the love that Christ has for each person, even people we don't like, even people we get frustrated by, you know, John Paul II did such a good job of showing us how we are supposed to interact with those people. And I think our young people, two parts, one you can't love others if you don't value and love yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and he gives us a great formula to understanding God as the artist of us mm-hmm. and the creator of us. And our value is in the fact that he created us and that we are loved by him. And so I think that they can find that. And then when you realize that, you can look around and say, everybody around me is in the same boat the same value, the same creation. Um, And and so it's just amazing to watch John Paul II interact with so many different types of people and value and show respect and love. Mm -hmm. Um, And even the forgiving of the guy who tried to assassinate him. Again, this just a human being created in God's image that is loved by God. And so, you know, St. John Paul II showed us that formula of forgiveness and valuing even people who others might say you shouldn't. And so I think that's where John Paul II has so much value for our young people is learning how to value themselves and then learning how to value those around them. Yeah, excellent. Love that. All right. We need to take a short break right now, but don't change that dial. We'll be right back with more about Saints for Our Young People with Bill Mayer. One body stewarding God's creation. Saints for our young people. With Bill Mayer. Kelly Roper conducts the interview. We are talking with Bill Mayer and uh, talking about saints for our young people, covering so much. And he is just an amazing role model. I I was so impressed last time you were on the air, impressed again this time, um, just doing so much good out there in 
and I'm so grateful. So we were talking about saint for today, some of the saints for today. We talked about uh, Saint Pope John Paul II for the youth. So which one do we want to talk about I, next? I think the second one I want to talk about is Saint Joseph, and we just got done with the year of Saint Joseph, and, and uh, that was a great emphasis on him. Um, I think our young people uh, in particular, our young men need to be looking at St. Joseph. And, and I told you we had a saint of the day for, for every day in practice, but the reality is about the last month of our season, it was just St. Joseph because all the things that we needed to develop to be able to make a run where we wanted to get to uh, involved St. Joseph. And, and mm-hmm. you know, sometimes I, I get frustrated because I think sometimes St. Joseph is just kind of portrayed as kind of this really nice old man and those sort of things. But people forget one of his titles is Terror of Demons. I know. And, yeah. and there's an internal toughness about St. Joseph and there's an external toughness about St. Joseph. And I think that we don't do our young people uh, the right service if we don't role model him in that way. But uh, for our young men out there, uh, looking to be husbands some days, looking to be fathers mm-hmm. someday, but also just walking the halls and being courageous young people of faith. Um, this is this is certainly uh, somebody that they can look to. And, and uh, again, you know, I ask our basketball guys all the time, how would you like your announcement to be, you know, Bill, Terror of Demons, Mayor? I mean, I think that'd be pretty, pretty awesome. And and here's a guy that, that for his, you know, he for eternity, uh, he is going to intercede for all of our young men, all our young ladies, and continue to do what he did, which was protect the Holy Family. And and so I think uh, our, our young people need an opportunity to to uh, to look at his life. The other thing too I find about him is 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 trust in God. You know. I look at it today and, you know, Mary comes up and says, hey, I'm with child, but it's okay. It's it's God's child, you know, Mm -hmm. to be able to say, okay, and and to follow God's will that that's incredibly difficult. And because, you know, that he bared some of those, you know, things that he might have felt in the community that he was in um, and some of that. I think that's a lot of toughness right there for that. But then also when he, you know, is told to go to uh, take his family and flee to Egypt, again, that that was not an easy trip. That yeah. was not an easy thing. And he didn't question it. He trusted God, and he did um, what he was what he's supposed to do. And and uh, his reward is dying in the arms of of Mary and Jesus, mm-hmm. which is all of our our goal and hope. And so uh, again, I think that's a young or a, a person that our young people can look to. Yes, I love that. Have you read the book um, uh, or prayed the book? I guess Consecration to Saint yeah. Joseph. You yeah. know, my husband. I haven't done it, but my husband would be reading, and you know, he'd be saying, "Kelly, listen to this." Kelly, so I I read it through him, I suppose. But but you know, gosh, the the terror of demon. That title really took me aback. But then you know, like you're you're saying, how could an old man really have made that that trip with the robbers and with all yep. the dangers and with all of that? I- and I think the terror of demons, one of the things that people misunderstand about that, or, or at least how I understand it, it's not always just like physical, ferocious, you know, those. It's also his great humility. Yeah. And humility actually scares people who have a lot of pride. And so Satan is running around with a ton of pride. And here's a man who, with humility, uh, and it's shocking and it's scary to him. Yeah. Um, and so I think we can't lose the fact that humility is is where St. Joseph leads with. And maybe the best thing we can learn from him is that humility. Um, and again, it, it worked out pretty good for him. Yeah. Do you want to talk a little bit about St. Monica? Um I'm not as familiar with Monica. Um, I do ask her intercession for our young people quite a bit. But uh, 
I will be doing some research today yeah. for sure. But yeah. uh, she's the mother of Saint Augustine. Yes, absolutely. And so she prayed okay. for forever. Yeah. yeah, and and I think she's so important. We do encourage our our mothers to seek that, and then also. Uh, her trust and her ability to just allow and know that she wasn't going to be able to be the one that brought her son back to the church, but she continues to pray. And then he runs into St. Ambrose, who yeah. is one of my favorite saints. Yeah. And uh, and St. Ambrose causes St. Augustine to think. And then all of a sudden he hears his mother in and uh, through her intercession. And so I think it's such a, a beautiful uh, opportunity. And it, us as parents, um, we're going to have to follow St. Monica's example and to be able to say, you know what, if I keep hammering this, they're going to turn the other direction. I'm going to turn it over to God and I'm going to know that someone is going to come into their life that can speak to them in a way that I can't. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I love uh, that image of, you know what, I'm going to step back and I'm going to pray. And mm-hmm. I know that the Lord is going to bring my son back. And so, yeah. uh, again, just a beautiful uh, thing for all of yeah. our mothers and, and fathers that are out there. Yeah. And, and a real... Um a test as well for many of us uh, that that are praying for our children because she prayed a long time for her son to come back. But then look at the the great things that he did. She did, and and one of the things I I hear from a lot of people is the stress and the frustration and the worry that their young people have left the church or are not active in the mm-hmm. church. And and you know I know still to this day my mother uh, will tear up a little bit when she's talking about she wants to spend eternity with all of her kids, yeah. and uh, and I know that frustration. And so St. Monica is is a saint that they can be sent to, to say, you know what, read her story, understand her patience, and understand her trust that God would take care of what we can't take care of. It's amazing how the Holy Spirit can move hearts when we can't. And so I, I, you know, I just think there's a lot of people out there uh, asking her intercession right now. Yeah, excellent. Okay. All right. So next one on our list is St. Mary. Yeah, and we could talk the rest of the hour on this, so I'm going to be kind of short and sweet. But but here's the the thing that, especially working with young people, that I think St. Mary can give us. The complete thy will be done is what our young people need and what we all need, but particularly young people. you know, we're, we're in a society where they're supposed to have picked out what college you're supposed to go to, what jobs you're supposed to go to, what all those sort of things. And really, they're given the almost a forced idea that it's their will they got to go create instead of God's will. Mm. And I think that uh, once we learn thy will be done, I think our life can be much less stressful. And I think that uh, when we quit pressing things come more naturally and things open up and things are, are much better. And so mm-hmm. I, I just think the ability to say, thy will be done. We had a speaker who spoke to our kids at the convention and uh, he puts up in his room and it, all over the place and it says, Lord, it is good that we are here today. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I started thinking as I was listening to that, you know, you can use that in a locker room after a game, after a big win. Lord, it is good that we are here today. Mm-hmm. After a big loss, Lord, it is good that we are here today. Why? Because this is where you want us to be, and there's something that we're going to learn or understand because of the situation we're in. And I think if we could float through life with a, Lord, it is so good that we are here today aspect, and then also Mm -hmm. with the thy will be done. Whatever you have for today, I have no idea what today will be like, but I'm open to your will, and I'll follow your will. Um, And and same thing for our young people. They don't know what their profession is going to be. You know, I've change professions three times. The average now is three to five, and it's going to be more and more. We have no idea what God has in store for us today, let alone what our future is. But it doesn't really matter if we follow St. Mary's guide and say, that will be done. That's all. It's all going to be okay. Mm -hmm. And and so I think that's where our young people can follow her lead um, and really see value there. 
Excellent. Love that. All right. So how about uh, St. Patrick? All right. Now, this one's on the list. One, I'm, I'm Irish, yeah. and so I'm proud of that. But uh, two, we, we actually live in a missionary society. And I think that's one of the things that can uh, help us a little bit. Sometimes we think we're in a Christian nation and those sort of things. And I, I'm not trying to get political or those sort of things, but I'm saying there are a lot of young people or a lot of people that don't know the gospel and don't know the message of Christ's love. And we have an opportunity to go out there and share that with them every single day. And I think if we can recognize that we're in a missionary society, then we will go out of our way to go do that. But if we think we're not in a missionary society, then we'll say, well, they've already heard the message. Maybe they made a choice. No, there are a lot of people out there that don't know Christ's love and they don't know the gospel message. And uh, and so when you need someone to give you a little nudge, when you run into someone, you say, you know, they're telling you their situation. They really need to know about Christ but you maybe don't want to open that conversation. I think St. Patrick can be a great role model for us, as well as uh, someone that can intercede for us to give us the courage uh, to have that conversation. And, you know, if you look at the world that he showed up to uh, in, in Ireland, very pagan, which I would say in a lot of our culture right now, very pagan, and it was with violence. And again, I think if you look in our culture, there's a lot of violence. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he went about preaching the gospel to people and converting a a nation and an area um, to Christ. And I think that uh, so he's a great role model for our young people. Most likely, wherever they leave us in school or our homes and go out to is going to be a situation that needs a missionary and evangelization. And so I think he's a great role model for him. Yeah, excellent. Love that. Love it. All right, so how about uh, St. Nicholas, Second Nicholas? Woo, that's awesome. St. Nicholas is awesome. Uh, there, there's some things about St. Nicholas, too. Uh, again, sometimes we have made him too much Santa, and, and that's a tough deal. But, uh, you know, one of my favorite things is, uh, you know, a St. Nicholas Day, go slap a heretic kind of thing. But it, it gives you kind of <laughs> it gives you kind of the edge that he had because, you know, St. Nicholas as a bishop stood up in a time where there was a lot going on and there was corruption. He was respected by the people and he wasn't afraid to stand up and say, this is wrong. We can't do this. And there's numerous stories of him standing up to the king and saving three innocent lives and, and those sort of things. Um, but he also gives us. Uh, honor. There was an honorability about the way he did things. Um, but he also gives us charity and that understanding of, you know, he had inherited great wealth. And he said, I want to use this wealth to better the lives of people around me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that, uh, again, for our young people, they actually somewhat have a charitable spirit. They're not afraid to give to things that they believe in um, and causes that they believe in. Um, I, I just think that uh, keeping St. Nicholas in mind and, and understanding the charity that, and the love that he went out with um, can help us a lot as, as you know people that are trying to seek to follow him. Yeah, excellent. So. Tell me about this. St. Nicholas Day slap a heretic? I've not heard that one well, before. <laughs> so, so when he gets into the council with uh, Arian, um, and there's the Arian controversy going on, and uh, he slaps him. So, uh, uh, okay. I, I just I just like the image of, not that I'm promoting violence or anything like that, but I, I also like the image of someone who uh, will stand up for truth. Yeah. And, and there's a lot of heresy being floated out as disguised um, as Christianity to our young people. And I think, uh, not again, that I think you should slap anybody in that <laughs> in that way, but I, I do think it's a, a value to us to be able to stand up and say, no, this is wrong. We need to teach this. And so um, I like that, that uh, aspect of him. Okay. Um, the next one I put on there was St. Sebastian. And again, I think this speaks to both 
our young ladies and our young men is athletics is important um, to them. And I think it, there's a reason for that, and I think it's a good thing. Uh, I think at times um, we can take that to an extreme, and, and it can cause trouble. But uh, um, but St. Sebastian is a great story for our young people of someone who had the courage to stand up, again, in persecutions. And he knew what was going to happen to him for standing up and doing the right thing. Um, then he gets shot with the arrows and is left to die, gets nursed back to health. And this is probably my favorite aspect. What does he do when he gets nursed back to health? He goes right back and continues to preach and mm-hmm. confront uh, that that is wrong. And, and if we're going to continue to you know, fix our culture, we're going to have to have some people who are willing to sacrifice to step up and say, this is right and this is wrong. And so, um, but for our young people, it, it may not be a, a physical death, but it can be very hard on them. If they stand up in a locker room and say, hey, this music that you're playing is inappropriate. We need to play appropriate me- uh, music. That is to them probably as difficult as it was for St. Sebastian to go stand up to the uh, Roman authorities. Yeah. And and uh, if they're to stand up in, and on Friday night and say, hey, we're going to go do this stuff. And he says, no, you know what? Uh, we're not going to do that tonight because that's not good for us. Um, again, I think St. Sebastian can give our young people just an incredibly great role model of, of courage um, and the willing to stand up for that that is is wrong. St. Agnes. We're kind of going through them quick. Yeah, because we're, we're running out of time. Uh, St. Agnes, I just love because of the purity aspect. And I think in a world that is so over-sexualized and our young people are bombarded with so many things, whether it's, you know, uh, pornography or, you know, the pressure to have, you know, sex before marriage or all those sort of things. I think her purity speaks to our, our young people. And I think her willingness to, uh, to maintain that purity uh, is something that there's something for our young people to look at there. There's so many great saints along that, but St. Agnes seems to have a special uh, ability for our young people to, to see that. And so um, that's where I think in a world that is just a muck and mess for them of traps, um, keeping uh, St. Agnes in their prayers can, can help significantly. Yeah, excellent. Okay, so then um, Mother Teresa, oh, St. Mother Teresa, St. What St. Teresa of Calcutta, I think, yeah. is how we do it. So, Yeah, and again, I, I love her aspect of the perfect charity and the willingness to help the poorest of the poor. And, and yeah. you know, some people, if we don't develop our heart that way, they'll help here and there a little bit. But to really go to the streets and to love the homeless and love the poor and to look to serve them even in their dying times, um, to make sure that they die with someone around them that loves and cares for them, um, I, I think that our young people respond to her, but they can also develop that great love. We're either going to get a hardness of heart when we drive by and we see someone on the street that is homeless, and we're going to get a hardness of heart that says, oh, it's their fault, it's da-da-da, or we're going to love everybody we see, understanding how much Christ loves everybody. And I think that Mother, you know, I think she gives us that opportunity to grow our hearts in love of others, particularly the poor, and that that's necessary. Yeah, and she did all of that when she herself was feeling a darkness, you know, a darkness of yeah. of soul, and not the consolations that you would normally receive. Yep. Um, so wow, it, to me that's just amazing. Yeah. Truly, that Absolutely. she could minister in that way when most of us would be, you know, like, mm, you know, you'd yeah. have to think twice, right? Yeah. And uh, yet she did it with great love. Yeah. yeah, amazing. All right, so how about uh, St. Thomas More? Oh, man, if you want to talk about a saint for our day and age. Yeah. You know, St. Thomas More's uh, time probably looked very similar to ours. And even, you know, again, not to get political, but even an understanding where saying words could get you convicted of certain things. He lived in that day and age, and 
he lost a lot because he would not go along with the king and he knew what truth was and he wasn't going to change that and he lost a lot along the way he had a wonderful family that he got taken away from and ultimately lost his life but he was not willing to compromise what he believed in even though the pressure in the culture and and unfortunately a lot of the church around him had even just said hey just say what he says you don't even have to believe it we've all done it and saint thomas more said no i know right and i know wrong and i will not let those words come out of my mouth um and and i just think again for our young people that are growing up in the world that, that we have right now that is a beautiful model for them someone that they can look to when they're struggling to do those things and say okay he did it I can do it as well. And I think he's a beautiful thing for us. Absolutely. Well, we have about five minutes left. Do we have time to go through these? Uh, Thomas Aquinas. There we we just have one more. Just one more. And and I think St. Thomas Aquinas is uh, put on the list because understanding and learning your faith is important as well. And uh, and so, you know, he's, he's got the Summa Theologica. He's got all the documents that he wrote to help us understand it. But our young people also come to the faith with questions about, you know, with reason and logic, and they need his explanations. Because at times, you know, we might say, Oh, gosh, can there actually be a God? And sometimes, you know, through his five ways that can actually help us move ourselves a little bit when we're struggling. Um, But then also, you know, some of the really difficult, complex issues that he was able to write through and help. If we can't show them those things, then young people are going to leave the faith. And that's why us as adults have to be able to answer those questions, because young young people are no longer going to follow because I said so, because the catechism says so. They want to know why, why, why. And and I, for one, am not opposed to that. I think that's a a good thing. Um, But we have to be able to answer those or show them someone who can. And that's where I think introducing them to St. Thomas Aquinas is, you know, he might quite possibly have been one of these smart, along with like John Paul II and other saints in our history, Mm -hmm. be one of the smartest men that lived yeah. and uh, and to be able to say you know what let me introduce you to St. Thomas Aquinas here's here's some of his writings um, look at how he answered this uh, understand how he worked this out and uh, and I think for our young people this is a saint that we can direct them to especially our inquisitive ones that are struggling a lot with stuff that's going on and yeah. uh, and so that's that's why I put them on the list because catechesis is important understanding our faith is important having the knowledge of the intricacies of it and the teachings of it is important yeah. and that's where I think St. Thomas Aquinas can can help them yeah, agreed. And added to that, I think there has we have to figure out a way to get it to go from the head to the heart. You know, because they can have all the knowledge, yep. but if it never goes to the heart, then they're not going to hold on to it. Absolutely, and uh, again, that's why it, multiple uh, saints are always yes. were always awesome for them to look yes. to as role models. And the Holy Spirit, you know, asking the Holy Spirit to to take what I understand here and help me to move it into my mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's a prayer that I have to pray every day as well because it's a lot easier to say, "Hey, we should be charitable to everybody. We should treat everybody this way," mm-hmm. and then to actually do it. We need the Holy Spirit to guide us from our understanding and knowledge to action. Um, And and it's cool that we're in Easter season, which is a time of action. We're headed to Pentecost, which is a time of action. And and we continue to this day to ask the Holy Spirit to uh, help us take what we know and make it into action in our daily lives. Yes. 
Love it. Love it. Oh, my gosh. I wish we could have a few more hours with you. <laughs> so good. So, so good. All right. So we don't have a few more hours. We only have two minutes. So we need to wrap up with prayer. And I want to say thank you for, for all that you're doing, not just with Catholic Radio, but with all the other wonderful things that you're doing out in the community and, and really helping our young people. Because it's a tough time. You know, I still have, you know, believe it or not, I have, you know, from 39 to, to 18 in, in my family and my kids. And so I still have that one that, you know, I work on all of them for sure, but but nonetheless, still that one young, and it's a tough time for young kids. It is it a, it is a war for our young people, yeah. uh, and and I would ask uh, for everybody out there to pray for those who are working with young people. Yeah. It is hard to be a CYO director right now. It is hard to be a DRE. It is hard to be yeah. a catechist. It is hard to be a parent working with young people, and and uh, they need your prayers. We need your prayers because it is a war out there for our young people, yeah. um, and, uh, and so please pray for us all. Excellent. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord, it is good that we are here today. We thank you for this opportunity. We thank you for whatever you are going to put in our lives today. We ask all the saints to pray for those who are working with young people, for our parents who are struggling with their young people, um, for the DREs, the catechists, the CYO sponsors. We ask that uh, they may uh, have graces that they need to work with the young people. And, And we ask the Holy Spirit to work in the young people's lives that they may open their hearts up to the call of Christ in their lives and that we may all become better disciples and followers of your son, Jesus. We ask all this again one last time through the intercession of your blessed mother Mary with a Hail Mary full Full of grace. grace. The The Lord Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Thanks, Bill, and thanks to you, our listeners, for tuning into One Body Stewarding God's Creation. If you own a service or business, or if you're an individual who would just like to underwrite this One Body show, please know your spot can run three times during this show, which runs five times a week. Interested? Call 785-621-4110. You're listening to Divine Mercy Radio. If today you hear His voice, harden not your hearts.